You'll call somebody, text somebody, slap the shit out of somebody. Let them know that Rodian Radio is live up in this biatch. biatch. You got it locked on Rodian Radio. Yeah, Dr. Dre is in full effect, and I gotta tell y'all a little something. Eze is down with us. MC Ring, you know he's down with us. DJ Yella is down with us. Arabian Prince, you know he's down with us. Tony A. The Wizard is down with us. JJ Fag is down with us. Timmy T, you know he's down with us. DJ Pooh, boy, he's down with us. Toddy B and Spade, they're down with us. My boy Ice Cube, you know he's down with us. I like to mention, so pay attention to where I'm from. Compton, but the tapes are from the rodeum. My name is Dre, listen while I play. And by the way, I'm also down with NWA. Yo, Steve at the rodeum is down with us. Slanging funky tapes, it is a must. We're number one. Welcome everybody to Rhodium Radio episode 96. Just four more and we're at episode 100. So once again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, everybody that subscribed. As you know, on September 11th of this month, we hit one year. It's our one year anniversary. It was September 11th. And I just want to once again tell everybody thank you for subscribing. Uh, thank you for commenting. Thank you for sharing. Uh, you know, thank you for being on the live chat, whether it's negative or positive, you guys make this happen. It's all good. Just keep in mind that this podcast and the documentary that we release is made to uh, allow Steve Yano's name to continue to live on. This was just a simple Japanese vendor from the city of Whittier who helped so many people, sold so many different uh, genres of music, and that's what we do here. We help promote so many different genres of music. Uh, this is a place, or a platform, where we like to help artists, if if possible, go to the next level or take the next step forward. But uh, once again, before we introduce my special guest, I, I gotta give a shout out to La Luz Forever. This is Tasha and Rebecca. They actually made me some ceramic shot cups. These are pretty dope. And when I guess this is a salt shaker or, or shake it like a salt shaker, okay? And uh, a coaster. And the cool thing is that they have actual little mixtapes on them. So that's pretty dope. So once again, La Luz Forever. And um, once again, I don't want to forget. And I, I need to get this right. I had a brother that sent me two vinyls, okay? His name is SA40s. And this album that he sent me is Chicano Rap Oldies. So much love, much respect to him for sending me his vinyls. How many people are still pressing up vinyls? So I want to give uh, much respect uh, to SF40s for uh, blessing me with his vinyls uh, for his new album. Um, other than that, once again, I want to thank everybody for subscribing to Freaky Tales. We go live fr every Friday, 7 o'clock till whenever. So I have a special guest coming in. On Friday, every week, I will have a special guest. So make sure you guys subscribe. And if you guys want to follow us on IG, Freaky Tales, follow us there as well. Uh, once again, you can buy the hard copies. I have a few left. Um, I'll buy it out for those of you that are st still into hard copies. But without further ado, please allow me to introduce my very special guest of the night, Young Traps. How are you? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. You know what? It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, how was the drive coming over here, man? I caught a lot of traffic. Oh, but, yeah? Uh, yeah, but, you know, nothing. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know what? I know today is Wednesday, but let's go back to possibly Friday. How was your weekend? 
Ah, uh, the weekend, mostly just family stuff. Just chill with chill with the wife, you know, kids, swimming. Yeah, just a typical day. That's yeah. good, man. That's good. Uh, um, uh, I know that um, you're a Green Bay fan. Yes. How you like the way they're doing so far? 2-0, 2-0, so huh. hopefully we can keep it going. <laughs> yeah? You know, okay, I'm a football guy, so let me ask you a football question. If you had to choose both in their prime, Favre or Rodgers? Hmm, that's... <laughs> that's a tough one because I was a I was a big Brett Favre fan younger, uh -huh. you know. Now uh, you know I've grown Aaron Rodgers and I like Aaron Rodgers a lot too. So uh, if I if I had to pick, I'd, I'd probably go with Favre. Really? Because it's, it's my childhood, you know. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With me from the outside in, I'm a Cowboys fan. I definitely would have to go with Rodgers. Okay. I just think he's got better legs. Yeah. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And I think he makes smarter decisions. Mm -hmm. Favre gave away a lot of playoff games by making dumb decision mm -hmm. but he's still a winner yeah you know yeah. can't take that away from him so uh but green bay packers a good team though mm -hmm. you know um now baseball who's your favorite baseball team dodgers the dodgers, dodgers. How, how you like the way we're doing so far uh you know what I, this uh, this season i haven't been onto baseball as much as i usually am because uh -huh. of you know the no fans thing and the way things have changed you know, recently, so I haven't been on game as much with baseball lately, but usually I am. But I've, you know, I've heard the Dodgers are doing real well, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm a Dodgers fan as well. Basketball. Mm -hmm. Lakers. Lakers, same here. Yeah. You know, and even though sports are still going on today, uh, it sucks that we cannot attend. For an example, the Rams had opening day here uh, two weeks ago. My team comes and I can't even go. Yeah. You know, it's it, it, it just sucks, but oh well. What can we do? And um, now, other than that, uh, where are you originally from? Uh, Riverside, born and raised. Born and raised mm -hmm. there. Okay. Now, uh, um, for those for your fans that may be wondering, uh, what elementary, junior high, or high schools did you attend out there? I went to Fremont Elementary. I went to Central and Uni Middle School, and I went to North High School, and then from there, I went to Lincoln Continuation. Okay. Yeah. Any sports growing up? Yeah, I played a lot of baseball. Oh, shit. Yes, really? I played a lot of baseball. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, now, why not football? You look like a stocky dude, man. Back then, I wasn't. I was real, a little skinny flocko <laughs> back when I was younger, so football wasn't for me, and I wasn't ever that good at basketball. So, you know, I just, uh, baseball, I played it for like eight years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, uh, growing up in a Latino home, yeah. Uh, but what type of as a, as a youngster what type of music would you say you grew up with like what would your mother what would your father play my mom uh, put me on game man, on oldies old school you know that was was mostly played you know when I was around her uh, my father same thing oldies you uh -huh. know when I used to go with him occasionally I'd go spend time with him he was more on the oldies as well um, I just got on the hip hop on my own okay uh, yeah all right all right uh, a lot of uh, big family brothers and sisters uh, actually, an only child. Really? Yes, only child. Wow. You know, I, I had a lot of friends that were the only child. I'm one of ten, so okay. it's kind of. I'll tell you what: Christmases and Thanksgivings and Halloweens are bomb when you have a big ass family. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but anyways, other than that, um, I usually like to ask my guests what do they like to watch because I know during this whole quarantine, many of us can't go to the movies anymore, so we're stuck at home watching stuff. Uh, what would you say you like to watch on a day that you're just relaxing, you grab the remote and turn it on? I'm a Netflix guy, you know, most of the time. So, you know, I, 
I'm more of a movie person, you okay. know, but my wife is a, likes to get into the series of different, you know, shows on Netflix. So, you know, sometimes we get into the series. I, I usually don't like to do that because when I do, I'm the type of person that I get addicted to the series and then I can't stop watching them. You know, I'll right. stay up all night watching you know, all the series. So sometimes I don't got the time for that. So I just like to watch movies more. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hey, what type of movies would you say you grew up watching or you like now? I like all the classic stuff, man. I mean, I could, I could watch Goodfellas over and over. I can watch <laughs> Blood and Blood Out over and over. You know, just the classic movies a lot. But I also like the the comedies too and the horrors. I'm a big horror fan too. Same here. Yeah. If you're a horror fan, whenever you get a chance, check out Freaky Tales. Me and uh, I have a special guest every Friday. We just started it. Okay. Um, and all we do is talk about paranormal shit. Okay. Like El Diablo, Los Espantos. You know, haunted this, haunted that demon possession we talk about all of that because okay. you know growing up in a mexican family that's what i was tortured to pretty much watch yeah you know what i'm saying i mean at six years old i'm watching uh uh the exorcist that are driving yeah you know what i'm saying and believe me i was traumatized by that <laughs> shit you know yeah that's but, when, I, when i was younger too my uh one of my tias man she was a big time horror fan so when i used to go over there with my mother as a kid i'm talking like six seven years old she always had on horror movies and so i think that's what put me on to them and i would sit there while they were you know hanging out drinking and i would just be right there six seven years old watching horror movies all day long so right. i think that's how i got into them too okay now now uh, i told you mine the one that traumatized me was the exorcist was there one that stood out to you that like really like okay i don't i can't watch that anymore no, I, I like pretty much all the horror movies, man. And, and the ones I used to watch were more of the, not the ones that were like in the theaters and stuff. Okay. I would watch like, I don't, I don't know if you remember Dolls. Yeah. And uh, the summer camp one with the female. Uh, right. I forgot her name in the movie, but like th those movies more I used to watch and get okay. into them. Yeah. A lot of those were like considered to some people like B-rated movies. Mm -hmm. You could get them at a video store. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I got you. And you know what? We used to own a video store in the 80s. So, uh, well, me, my, me and my family did. So I was used to those a lot of those movies. Mm -hmm. and, and it's funny because you got people that sometimes won't even bother wanting to rent like La Bamba or Predator. They'll just go to those B-rated movies. You know, mm -hmm. they'll look at the box. It looks scary. Let's risk it. Yeah. You know, I, I get that because my mom used to do the same thing. But I would probably say the, sec the second scariest movie, at least for me, in my opinion, was The Omen. Remember that okay, one? Yeah, the first one? Yeah. Damn, especially when that lady just hung herself on that kid's birthday. Yeah. That was some crazy shit right there. Mm. But now, uh, um, growing up, did you at all play any instruments? No instruments. Nothing. No instruments. I, I tried, but it just wasn't, wasn't it. I never had the time to really, or the passion to, you know, to learn it. So I never, never got into the instruments. Okay. Okay. You know, and I like to ask a lot of these questions because I like to see how, what was it that led you up to what you're doing today okay. you know what i'm saying so now as a youngster what was your first recollections of hip-hop what, what who, who was it what was it that inspired you to to um to want to look into more hip-hop for me again i was in elementary with rapper's delight i heard a song by blondie called rapture mm -hmm. then after that eventually i started hearing grandmaster flash on the uh, the wheels of steel um, and the furious five etc mm -hmm. what were your earliest remembrance or if you will of uh i would probably have to say nwa okay yeah i mean i had older cousins that would come over with their boom boxes back then and 
they would be bumping, you know, LL Cool J, EPMD, stuff like that. So, I mean, I got into it, but I would have to say I really got into it when I started hearing like NWA. Okay. Now, now what do you think it was that, that, um, about NWA that really, really like made you like, uh, if you will, like, that's my shit right there. I really like that. Like, what was it that drew you to it? I guess is what I'm asking. I guess the the gangster sound, you know, the yeah. West Coast stuff. Um, I was already, you know, living around the neighborhood, so you know, I was already in the environment of it. But you know, I never had really heard gangster music until I heard N.W.A., and uh, that's that's you know when I just started listening to rap all the time. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, it's funny. My brother used to own a club in Long Beach, and um, when hip hop first started coming out, when I first went to go see him DJ, he was a uh, I forgot how old he was, but I was 11 years old. He got me into a club. This was an 18 and over club. And it was like on the east side of Long Beach, like a straight, like crip club out there. He was the only Chicano out there DJing. The other guy was a white guy, but the club predominantly was black at the time. And uh, of course they were just playing just Barcase, you know, uh, Ray Parker Jr., uh, Roger and Zap, all the funk stuff. Music started changing. So here comes, um, it's like that by Run DMC. Okay, this was the first time as a kid ever hearing somebody say, now that's some gangster shit, and they start throwing up their seeds. But, and it was weird because they were saying that to It's Like That by Run DMC. Yeah. I'm assuming at that time that was like the hardest thing or the most street thing out there at the time. Yeah. Now, I had opportunities to be in the studio when NWA was creating those songs. Yeah. I had never heard anything like that before, but I knew what... What was grabbing me was the cutting, the scratching, the kicks, the snares, the samples, and watching them do it. Mm -hmm. I knew it was only a matter of time before the shit like really, really blew up. Um, other than NWA, who would you say were other um, other groups that might have inspired you growing up? I used to listen to a lot of Eazy-E. You know, after the NWA broke up, uh, I was I was a big Eazy-E fan. And, you know, down the road, you know, Bone Thugs, you know, I'm wearing this shirt now. Like I was, Bone Thugs was always been my favorite rap group. Okay. So, you know, mostly when NW break up, I was, broke up, I was still in Ice Cube, Easy e when Dr. Yeah. Dre went off to death row, you know, all that stuff. So, I mean, it was still under the same umbrella. Okay. You know? Okay. Uh, now, let, let me put you on the spot here when it comes to West Coast music. Okay. If you had to name possibly three to five, let's just say three of... Uh, your all-time favorite West Coast albums. Uh, it, it, they don't necessarily have to be even from now. It could have been from when you were growing up. Yeah. What would you say were your all-time, th maybe three favorites? I would say definitely Pac, All Eyes on Me, um, Dr. Dre's The Chronic, and probably Snoop's Doggy Style. That's, those are dope. Yeah. They're definitely classics. Yeah. Now, I'll put you on the spot again. East Coast. Give me three, possibly ones that growing up you really, really dug. Uh, I'd have to say Biggie's Life After Death. I listened to that. Um, you know, there wasn't too much East Coast I listened to back then. Uh, mm -hmm. But if I had to name another one, I would, I would probably have to say uh, I listened to some Wu-Tang. Okay. Some Wu-Tang. Uh, I can't even tell you the names of the records, but there was some Wu-Tang I listened to. 
but as far as like an actual album it was mostly just biggie on the east coast and right yeah right no you know what and i know what you mean because biggie was like my favorite uh i regret not waiting and meeting him of course we don't know what's going to happen to an individual yeah uh my manager steve yano who i mentioned earlier owned a studio in the city of alhambra we recorded tina marie there cypress hill there mellow man ace uh frost pretty much everybody mm -hmm. i recorded them there around i want to say in the late 90s 96 on up somewhere around there and um one of my boys from san diego named dj jam uh came down here and was doing a mixtape uh um and he was having a guy come down he, and i go who's coming down he goes oh some guy they call him the notorious big and i said who in the hell is that mm -hmm. you know and this was around the time his album had just dropped so I said, um, he goes, you want to meet him? And I said, I don't know who that fool is. So I'm leaving and they're pulling into the parking lot and I just take off. I come to find out later on that that was him. Okay. So we were in the same building, but at different times. And I wish yeah. I, I would have uh, met him because um, when I went to New York, I, I went to go to his childhood home because and by his mural right there in Bed-Stuy where he grew up. In. Mm. So uh, uh, at least I could say that's my East Coast memory. Okay. You know, about Big. I like Biggie a lot too. Uh, now, who would you say, if any, uh, today's music? Let's just say within the last five years, like who do you like to listen to, if any? As far as the new school, yes, uh, I've been into G Perico lately. I mm -hmm. like G Perico. Um, I recently started getting into Stupid Young. You know, mm -hmm. Mozzie. Okay. You know, I, I like some of them dudes, uh, you know, Mozzy definitely from the Bay. Um, as far as other people, uh, I, I wouldn't say they're new because, there's, you know, they've been around a while. But, you know, a lot of dudes from the Top Dog camp and, you know, Glasses Malone and, you know, just people in that in that era more. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, if you had, a, uh, if you will, a bucket list and say, you know what, I want to do a song with at least these three rappers. Uh, you probably already have, because I've seen that one video mm -hmm. where you had Glasses Malone, you had MC8, mm -hmm. and a uh, dope song, by the way. Yeah. Uh, who would you say, if, even if they're no longer with us or still alive today, who would you say there's three guys that I got to do a song with him, him, and him? Uh, definitely Pac and Easy. Okay. Definitely them two. And um, from now, I, I say Mozzie. Okay. Yeah. What, what, what is it about him? My son likes him too, though. Yeah. You know what? Because uh, a lot of his stuff is real. I like, uh, he's, a, he's a good storyteller, you know, and uh, I just get into his songs a lot. And uh, that's what I've been into lately. I like to listen to Mozzie when I'm cruising, you know, going somewhere. So uh, I would definitely just say Mozzie, man. I just, I just like the way he storytells things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, around what age would you say that you decided to take this serious and just start, started writing? I started writing at a young age. I started writing when I was 13, 14 years old. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and from there, um, w were you writing like full pages, uh, bars, or just writing? I just used to write because back then I didn't, you know, no one was there to teach me. Uh, this is how you write your 16s or, you know, however you do it. So I just used to write rhymes on paper, sometimes short, sometimes long, but that was just how I did it. And of course, like everyone else did it, I would just do it to the Dr. Dre beats and any other, you know, whatever other beats I could find. And uh, that's how I did it back then. Yeah. Okay. And now that you started writing, at what point did you uh, start recording? Now, and I'm not necessarily 
talking about recording in a studio, but I'm talking about, because I, I have guys that have come here and have said, I recorded off of a karaoke, I recorded on my, on my phone, I recorded on my, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. How, uh, how did you hear your voice back? Uh, well, like everybody else, I started with a karaoke when I was, you know, 13, 14 years old. You know, and I, this ex-girlfriend I used to have when I was like 14 years old, I used to go to her house and she had a little karaoke machine. And that's how I started doing it, recording myself on the little cassette tapes and doing all that. But uh, I didn't actually get into a studio till I was about 16. And uh, even back then, I used to uh, probably, I don't even remember how I did it. I think I was looking on Craigslist and stuff back then. And uh, for, I don't even know what was it, if Craigslist was back then or how I did it, but it was something like that where I had to look and they had advertisements of, uh, you know, come record 50 an hour or however much it was. And I just used to go find studios that rented out hourly back then. And I would go record myself like around when I was around 16 years old. Really? Yeah. What? Wow. And and like, okay, so you record yourself in a karaoke, you play it back. Did you like the way you sounded? I didn't. I didn't like, I didn't like the way my voice sounded. And then, and you're doing it from a karaoke. There's no effects or anything, you know, it's just raw. flat, it was raw. So uh, I didn't really like it. And then I, I didn't really like it until years passed until I got into the studio and I had people that knew how to engineer and make me sound better, you know? So, okay. Yeah. Okay, so now uh, uh, you look up a studio, you find the studio, you go in there. Now, when you go in there, obviously you already have your lyrics written. Yeah. Uh, did you already have a producer or were you gonna rap over instrumentals? You know, what I used to do back then is uh, I had a huge CD collection. I was big on CDs. You know, I had the books, you know, full, full yeah. of everything. And uh, what I used to do is, it's funny, I used to listen to all the CDs I had and listen to where I could find four bars or two bars or whatever I could loop. Oh, okay. You know what I used to, so I used to, you know, find uh, at the end of songs, oh, here's, here's 30 seconds of the beat they left. I would take it to the studio, loop it, and, you know, do a song over it, you know, mixtape stuff, but that was how I was doing it then, because I didn't have any producers or anybody that would do beats for me, so that's just basically how I used to get my beats. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So now, you're rapping, the engineer is listening to you, is he telling you, stop? Like, we're going to pick it up after 8, or uh, this is 16. Did you know about bars already? By the time I got into a studio, I more or less knew how to do my 16s and drop my little hooks and do whatever. I mean, they weren't the best because I was still learning. I was young, but I had, you know, caught on how to drop 16s and drop hooks and okay. more or less the whole format. Yeah. Okay. And, and how many songs would you say you could remember that you did in the studio when you were at that age? I did a handful. I'd, I'd say I did at least 10, something around there. Okay. Yeah. Now, you, you listen to the songs, obviously you name them. Do you start duplicating them and give them away? You sell them? Or, or what do you do? Back then, I had no idea what I was doing as far as money-wise or trying to make money off of them. So I basically, I just used to pass them out in the neighborhood and let all the homies bump them and, you know, just, just pass them around the hood, basically. Okay. Yeah. And, and what was the response from your homies or the people in the neighborhood that received one? Well, they always liked the way I rap. You know, really? I, at the time, I was, you know, there wasn't too many rappers in, in my neighborhood back then. So, you know, uh, whoever did, you know, obviously everybody went, oh, what's the flow? Or, you know, and everybody's kicking it. But uh, back then, yeah, I was one of the only ones doing it. So that was actually getting somewhere, you know, was, you know, getting better and better. So, uh, yeah, I just, you know, every time I drop some new stuff, everybody always, oh, make me a copy, you know, make me a tape or stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So now uh, you did these songs uh, by chance. Any videos for the, any of those songs? Not back then, no. Okay. Mm -mm. Around what time, around what 
give me a timeline like around what year would you say this was well see uh i had a big setback because right when i turned 18 i had got locked up okay so it, and i was gone for uh, like five years okay so it kind of fucked up everything oh wow but i did get signed before i had went in i just never had time to finish anything wow uh, okay well, well, well tell me a little bit about that so was it a major independent label who, who was it that took interest in your music? See, it's it's crazy how it happened because they were, well, it was with Familia Records okay. back then. And, uh, you know, uh, I started rapping with my homies, uh, you know, Little Sicko and Little Blackie. They were the ones basically from, from my neighborhood that were, you know, getting out there and doing things. So uh, one day, Little Sicko took me to the studio with them to do a song. And uh, Familia Records was at JR back then. And... Uh, he, he had heard me and then he was like, oh man, I like, I like your stuff. You know, you, you rapping with anybody? I said, no, I'm not doing nothing, man. I'm just, you know, doing everything myself. And he was like, why don't you start coming over with Sickle and you guys can start recording together, man. And we put an album out on you. And I was like, cool. And, you know, it sounded great. And we started, I went a couple of times after that and started recording, but that's when I messed up and then, you know, took a vacation. Yeah. You, yeah. you know what? And there's a lot of people that come here and, and it almost seems like, um, you know, and things happen. I get it and I understand it. They allowed the street life to get in the middle of their career and they had to take, some people took a 12 year break, you know? Yeah. And, and it sucks, but that's the way it is, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. So now, while you're on your vacation, are you writing at all? Are you inspired to continue? Yes, I, I, I wrote the whole time. I mean, when I got out, I had a huge manila envelope with like 200 songs that I had written and I ended up using a lot of them when I got out. Okay, and so now you're out, your next move is, do you contact the producer? Do you go back to exactly what you were doing uh, as far as looping beats? Uh, uh, like, 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 how were you trying to get your stuff out there this time? Well, by the time I got out, I felt like I had gotten a lot better, you know, and the whole time, like I said, you know, I was listening, I had a boom box in there and I was writing to beats and stuff like that. So when I got out, that's crazy how it happened. I ended up, uh, you know, I got out. Of course, I was going to the swap meet to get T-shirts and, you know, the regular stuff. And I ended up running into uh, the homie he's known everybody now as DJ Kazell. Yeah. Okay. Well, Kazell, me and Kazell hit it off instantly. Back then, he was running a CD store at the Rubido swap meet. They shut it down now. But, you know, back then, it was Rubido swap meet. And uh, he owned a CD store there. And I went in there to buy some T-shirts and CDs and stuff. And we just hit it off. And, uh I ended up telling him that I rapped. So, uh, you know, I rapped for him and stuff. And he was like, okay, well, he's like, I'm running something right now with a homie Seven in Torrance called Halified Records. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he hit up Seven and told, man, I got a guy right here, man. You know, he's from Riverside. He's dope, man. I think, you know, he should, he should uh, you know, fuck with us. Seven was like, bring him to the studio in Torrance and uh, let me check him out. So that's what ended up happening. Kazell took me to the studio, met up with Seven, and uh, I busted for Seven. And right off the back, man, he, he loved what I was doing, and he, uh, you know, gave me a contract with Halified Records. That was the first, uh, first album I did. That's dope, man. Yeah. That's dope. We're gonna take a little, uh, a little break right now, but before we go to break, um, it's funny how we've never met. You know, uh, I know Kazell. As a matter of fact, he was here with uh, Mariah Avila. Okay. Uh, he was here. Uh, she was pushing her music. I interviewed Seven. I've been knowing Seven. I think I met him in like 2005. I, I don't know if you had ever had a chance. I'm sure you did. Uh, his friend Micah, he passed away. Yeah. yeah. Rest in peace. Mm -hmm. Micah is the one that told Seven about me because you need to get, have that guy do a mixtape for you. So Seven came over here and 
Uh, it was like around the MySpace days, I like to say, okay. 2005. I did a mixtape for seven. and uh, But it's funny how we know the same people, but yet we haven't met some mm -hmm. mutual friends. But uh, we'll come back and uh, we'll talk about how that album did for you. Okay. You know, and what came next, you know, after that. So, okay, everybody, uh, once again, uh, let me make this announcement that I didn't make earlier. Um, we will be honoring um, the remembrance of Slow Pain uh, soon. And uh, I'm encouraging everyone that if you knew him, if, if you're just a fan and you took pictures from him, pictures of him while he was up on stage, or if you have pictures of him, you know, with him as a family, friend, producer, DJ, or whatever, please send them to rhodiumradio at gmail.com. The reason is because when we honor him, we're going to dedicate a full show to Sloping and his remembrance. And if I'm correct, if I'm correct, uh, they laid him down to rest today. Okay, so uh, soon we, we, we will be honoring him. So please send us those pictures if you have them. Even if we have videos and you can send it to us through email, you know, do that. But uh, so once again, we want to encourage you and we want to make a slideshow of all of those pictures while we play his music. And uh, um, I'm going to have, as of right now, we have two guests coming um, that work with them, produce for him. And uh, we're working on another one on, and uh, hopefully he's able to make it because of his schedule. But uh, I'm going to have three guests that night. And uh, once again, we're just going to honor uh, and remember and share stories about Slow Pain. Once again, I had the honor of working with Slow Pain, I want to say 1996, 1997. And I'll even play the song that I did with him. So once again, uh, make sure you call somebody, text somebody, slap the shit out of somebody, let them know that Young Throb is in the motherfucking building. We'll be back in 10 minutes. Go get your drink a drink and we'll be back 10 minutes. Don't go nowhere. Welcome to Rhodium Radio and I am your host, Tony A. The Wizard. We started a GoFundMe page because we need you to help us meet our goal. And our goal is to release a Chicano rap documentary. And we need you to be a part of this. Everyone who contributes will have certain incentives offered to them. For an example, I'll name one. Your name will be on the credits of the film. Everyone who gives, everyone who contributes, uh, their name will be on the credits. That's just one thing that we have to offer it. But yet, if you read the description, you see other incentives for your contribution. If you've seen the Rodian Mixtape documentary, you will not be disappointed with this documentary, shining light on Chicano rap, the Chicano culture. It is something that can be used as an educational tool uh, now and in the future. So once again, help us meet our goal so that we can start production. And remember this, we have a voice and we will be heard. Welcome back everybody to Rodium Radio episode 96. And this is the podcast that slaps your culture fat ass with a fat ass dick. We're back now at the golden shower hour. Once again, when Rodium Radio is popping, the pennies are dropping. You already know. Um, once again, let me go ahead and make an announcement that uh, we'll be, we will be honoring slow pain soon. Uh, today, it was confirmed that they laid him to rest. So um, uh, email us your pictures, scan them, email it to us at rhodiumradio at gmail.com. Rhodiumradio at gmail.com. And we will make a slideshow. Um, we've had some people, some people, some people still haven't. They've told me they were. So I'm still waiting on you guys. Um, other than that, pick up the hard copies at DocuMixery.com. 
the shirts are back in action once again at DocuMixery.com. Make sure you guys pick them up. And somebody asked me if this was an NWA shirt. It's not an NWA shirt. As a matter of fact, we were called like the next NWA, DJ Quick, Second to None, AMG, High C, and me. This was like my crew. So this is what I sell. I don't sell no NWA shirts. Much love, much respect to NWA though. But other than that, uh, all you internet warriors, um, keep it up. Shit is fucking hilarious. So without further ado, Young Trav, how you doing? I'm back, man. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Hellified released your record, uh, Seven, around what year, if you can remember? Uh, I believe we recorded it in uh, late 2004, but it didn't drop till 2005. Wow. You know what? I'm surprised you didn't tell me because, like I said, in 2005, uh, me and Seven started hanging. Okay. And... Uh, so, uh, how many songs, if you can remember, um, did you have on that album? I believe it was 13 tracks. 13 tracks. All produced by Seven. Okay. Yeah. And for those that may not know, what was the name of that album? Respect the Game. Okay. Respect the Game. Uh, any features? Uh, obviously, the, the Halify Camp uh, Seven was on there. Uh, L.A. Nash. I don't know if you're familiar with L.A. Yeah. Nash. Uh, he was on there. Uh, mostly the Halify Camp on that, on that album. Yeah. Okay. And, and what was the response when it dropped? It was good. I mean, it, you know, like I said, it was my first album, so uh, I was actually uh, in prison when it dropped because I recorded it and then I had gotten locked up again for a violation. Uh -huh. And so when it dropped, I was gone for like a year back then or however long around there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. I would have thought you would have uh, hanged for a while, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are the crazy days still. <laughs> so now it drops, it comes out for that one year. You writing still? Yeah, still writing. Okay, still mm -hmm. writing. Mm -hmm. Now you come out. What is your next move? When I got out, uh, I actually, my homie Bundy got a hold of me. That's, that's the uh, owner of Pembroke Records with Little Blackie and Little Sicko and them. That's their, their brother. Yeah. And like I said, these guys, childhood friends of mine since middle school, you know, back then. So when I got out this time, now I have an album out. You know, the one on Halified and uh, Bundy gets a hold of me and, you know, he's just like, why don't you come over here, man? I mean, you know, he was like, uh, you know, the, you did a good thing over there with the homies from L.A. Torrance, but now, you know, come come over here and mess with us now right here in the neighborhood. And so I said, cool. And then that's what I did. Uh, after I dropped the one album with uh, Seven and Halified, uh, I went from there. I went and uh, started messing with my boys at Pimbrell and Records. Okay. So you dropped that record now. And what was the title of that record for those that may be interested in looking it up? The album with Pimp Roland. Yes. The first album I did with them uh, was actually a mixtape called Gangster Ways. Okay. Gangster Ways. And then from there, it was just album after album. Yeah, because yeah. I know you, you told me you, you had about between 18 to possibly 20 albums. Yes. And that was possibly within the span of, what, 15 years, possibly? Yeah, well, yeah, from from two, when the first one dropped in 2005 to now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, now, just to ask, why so many albums, when you look at people like, uh, for, just for an example, like DJ Quick, he does an album every year, five to six years. You know, Dre takes decades. You know what I'm saying? And there's people that wait possibly three to four years. Was it just because you were just in love with the music? You were just trying to get stuff out there? or Honestly, I've been, uh, I was one of those people who just love recording every day. So I started having so many songs and you know that's when uh you know i didn't i was fresh out of prison i didn't really have too much money you know so i was i started seeing a lot of cash so uh, that's what influenced me the most and, and the love for music but i used to record so much and then my homie bundy he was one of those guys that always took care of his people 
you know so when i gave him an album you know he's handing me a stack of money and you know all the weed i smoked back then and he took care of his artist you know that's one thing i've always said you know shout out to the homie bundy you know free bundy he's locked up right now but uh yeah he always took care of me man and uh it was a money and just the love for music that kept me going okay yeah. now you dropped the second album was the response better for this one than it was for the for the first one or was it about the same would you say it was about the same you know it was just the music getting out there and uh i started doing more shows when okay. i when i when i got out and started with my second third album with pimp rolling you know at that time little blackie was touring a lot with lighter shade of brown and stuff like that so they would take me with them and that was actually the first time i was ever on a stage is when uh the little blackie and took me with him to do a, sh a show with a lot of shade of brown in phoenix and you know we're talking you know late 2005 around there 2006 and you know i was on the stage with a lot of shade of brown in them and it was big for me because i you know i wasn't you know nobody back then and it was it was a good experience you know, you know i'm glad you brought up shows because that's where i was gonna go i was gonna ask you now shows when was your first show but you said it was in phoenix yeah with a lot of shade of brown and it's funny you said that because my very first show that we got booked was in Phoenix with Lighter Shade of Brown, but this is 1991. Okay. You know, and it's funny because my manager at the time, who, who passed away, rest in peace, he would record everything. He was the Japanese guy with the camera. Mm -hmm. He recorded that whole show. So we got Lighter Shade of Brown when they're teenagers, you know, dancing, you know, they had their dancers or whatnot. Uh, they went on before us, and then me and High C went ahead and performed after them. But that was our first show with them. As a matter of fact, I'll make it. Uh, well, I'm not going to give it away who's going to be here soon, but uh, you kind of just dropped a hint on who you perform with. Okay. So, but um, so now you go to Phoenix, uh, and do you actually perform a song? I did a, a verse, yes. Uh, I was, uh, I did a song back then, it was a real quick, you know, 16 that they put on, and uh, yeah, that was my actually first time performing. Okay, now uh, tell me what's going through your mind before your verse comes up. Were you shaking? Were you nervous? Were you excited? Were you like, let's do this? Honestly, I was excited. I was excited. I mean, I wasn't new to Light of Shade of Brown and them because I already had met Bobby and Robert. And so, uh, you know, it, it was, I wasn't really nervous. I, I, I was excited. I was excited. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you didn't uh, forget any of your lyrics, did you? No, no. <laughs> That's one thing I've, I've always been really good at is, is, is knowing all my verse and everything. So it was easy. Yeah. Okay. And, and what was the response after? Did people like what It was you good. Yeah, it was good. You know, we were throwing out CDs and T-shirts. And it, like I said, it was a really good first experience from getting out of prison to now i'm on a stage with lighter shade of brown yeah so but yeah those are the good days yeah. so so after that did you guys continue to do more shows after that yeah okay. yeah we did a lot of other shows uh, a lot of them local in the ie la area back then when they had us performing at swap meets and you know doing things like that but uh we we traveled a couple other times i even traveled to arizona with seven to, okay. to do some stuff too back in the day mm -hmm. okay okay so now you drop you say uh, two or three records with uh, um, uh, Blackie's Brothers label? Yeah. Okay. And you dropped those three records. Now, what comes next after that? Uh, well, I dropped uh, numerous albums. What ended up happening was uh, my homie Bundy on Pimp Rolling Records, uh, who was the one funding everything, he ended up going to the feds on a vacation. And uh, during that time, I would say that I was the only one, really, that was from the Pimp Rolling label still dropping albums consistently yeah you know because uh, at that time little blackie had stopped for a while you know doing the family thing so uh 
I'm the one that basically kept Pimp Rowan alive for a long time. I was the only one. Okay, so you just pretty much just kept the push. You kept, kept working. pushing uh, years, years and years uh, until eventually I just uh, branched off and started my own thing. Okay. Now, you said Pimp Rolling Records. Yes. When you were with them, did you ever get any offers from any other labels or any other people that wanted to you to come with them or a lot a lot of people wanted to mess with me back then but you know bundy uh he was real known okay. to everybody and they knew that i was messing with him so more than most of the time it was like you know come drop something pay me for a feature type thing but uh, as far as just to be in a label i was mostly just was there okay yeah. now, now let me ask you this because I, I think this is a very interesting question when it comes to uh, and, and I, well let me ask you this first do you consider yourself chicano rapper I do, yes. I know a lot of people don't like that title, uh, but I'm Chicano and I'm a rapper, so I mean, it doesn't bother me. Right. You know, whether whether they label me that or they don't, it honestly, it, it doesn't uh, bother me in any type of way. Okay. You know, and, and the reason why I bring that up, because there are people that say that they don't, uh, um, and I don't see nothing wrong with that either, because they just want to be recognized as an artist. Mm -hmm. And I, I get it. Uh, we can't get away from being a Chicano. We can't. That's just what we are. But now you notice that we don't label he's a Chicano producer. He's a Chicano DJ. Mm -hmm. She's a Chicano dancer. It's always just a Chicano rapper mm -hmm. that we, we kind of put under that umbrella. Um, for an example, when I was DJing for High C, nobody ever said, hey, uh, High C, where's your Chicano DJ? I was just the DJ and the producer. Mm -hmm. You know, so I guess my, my point that I'm trying to make is... Uh, um, I understand when people say I'm not a Chicano rapper because, and here's what they mean, I don't rap that cubo, orale, mija, que onda. That's what people think Chicano rap is supposed to be. But I understand what you're saying, you're Chicano and I rap. Mm -hmm. So there's almost like two two different, but you know, I don't know if you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying. I, you know, a lot of rappers do rap like that. Uh, I never have. Right. You know, I don't even uh, know how to speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. I understand it, but I can't speak it. So I've never been the type of rapper to use a lot of the Spanish words or, you know, all that. Uh, but no, nothing against the ones that do. I, I've just never done it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and to finish off my point, not to try to belittle uh, what we call Chicano rap, because I am doing a Chicano rap documentary. Mm -hmm. But you notice that we never call like an MC8. Hey, man, I want to introduce you to MC8. He's a black rapper. I mean, look how silly that would sound. Yeah. You know, we never do that, but we do that to ourselves in a sense. And it, it's not that it's a bad thing, but in people, minds that are not Chicanos, they right away think, okay, the La Raza type of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's what they think. And you just been saying, you know, you don't rap like that, you know, mm -hmm. but it's all good, whatever. Yeah. Uh, um, we're going to be discussing and covering some of those subjects in the Chicano rap documentary. And there's always going to be different opinions with people. What is Chicano rap? So now uh, my next question to you would be is what is Chicano rap? You know, I think they gave it that title because, you know, we didn't come till after, you know, the blacks had already established the whole hip hop scene. So I think when uh, rappers came out, the first Chicano rappers like, you know, Kid Frost, Frank V, or whoever was doing it back then, Light of Shade of Brown, since we were, I guess you could say different, you know, yeah. they just labeled it as Chicano, Chicano rap, you know, that, right. that that's what I think. 
uh, just being the race, um, you know, like I said, some people like it, some people don't. I don't mind. But uh, I think that's where they labeled it because we came in after. And that's why they might have said it like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what I think. I mean, you know. Yeah. It, it, I mean, you could only just voice what, what you think, you yeah. know, your opinion on it. Uh, so now you told me you had between 18 to 20 albums. Is it possible that you can name all of them? <laughs> I, mean, I probably could, but, uh, you know, it, it, would, it would take a while. Okay, okay, let me put you to the test. It, it, you know, the, uh, the third album, what was the third album called? Do you remember? My third album was called Haters Never Prosper. Haters Never, that's a good-ass title. Haters Never Prosper. Now, uh, I, I know why you would, it's, it's pretty much self-explanatory, but that could still be applied today, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, you definitely. And, and, you know, I've had guests here that have been hated on by males, females, you know, even females have been hated on by males. And and we talked about it, how it's so sad that the hate for us being Chicanos doesn't come from blacks, doesn't come from whites, doesn't come from Asians. But who does it come from? From our own people. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. And it's very, very sad. There's times when I look at whenever I don't respond but there are times that I, I'll be bored and I'll just get on my YouTube, my Rodian Radio YouTube, and I'll just kind of just skim through the comments. And I'll look at some of the most horrific comments that people want to uh, uh, leave for the person that I'm interviewing. And even sometimes towards me, these people don't even know me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I would just leave them there just so other people can see what we're doing to each other. Mm -hmm. And then we wonder, why we've never climbed that ladder, why we've never moved up. That's why through this platform, we try to um, shine light on talent, shine light on artists, whether you're R&B singer, oldie singer, whether you're a rapper or whatever. And hopefully you can take that next step forward. And this is all this is, just exposure. Let your name get out there. But people, I guess either having a bad day, you know, will get on here and blah 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 and you know internet warriors yeah so yeah. and yeah. it always it always comes from the fake accounts too they never do it from their own no of course know. not because <laughs> and then you, um they, you don't want they don't want you to catch up to them mm -hmm. that's <laughs> so anyways but you know I, I i'm not gonna pay them no mind we'll leave it at that somebody told me you shouldn't even talk about that stuff no but i do think that sometimes when it comes from our own people it should be addressed yeah it, because it should stop you know, but anyways, I never go on Snoop's live and like, you suck. Yeah, yeah. That's not going to do me no good. Mm -hmm. But anyways, let's move on. So now, how many albums were you with um, um, Little Blackie's Brothers label that you ended up leaving? Oh, God, I would probably, I, w I would say a good eight around there. Mm. Mm -hmm. Now, so far... Out of all your albums, if I had to twist your arm and ask you, what would you say was your favorite one? That you could say, that's my shit right there. Uh, there's a couple, but... Uh, okay, give us what, two, three? I would have to say uh, one of my albums, uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Okay. I was, I was really happy with that album because I was a time where I just, I started messing with some good producers and... Uh, you know, I started, uh, I met a guy named Jose who used to run a studio in uh, Corona called Studio One. And uh, that's at the time where Mr. Shadow was recording a lot at that time. Okay. And uh, I actually 
got introduced. I, I had been to that studio before, but it was like to do business and I left. I never really met the owner or nothing. So I ended up talking to Shadow and doing some business with Shadow. Shadow invited me to the studio. And uh, from there, the owner was there and we just hit it off. And I started going there all the time. And, you know, Shadow used to come record every, I, I want to say every Saturday or Sunday. And so every time Shadow was there, I was there. And uh, that's why if you listen to that album and the one that follows that called One of a Kind, Shadow's featured on both of those probably like eight times on each album. Wow. Yeah, because at that time, me and Shadow were real tight there. Yeah. So we were always recording together. That's yeah. dope, man. That's dope. I had a Shadow here twice. I really like his shit, man. Uh, little One. I had a Little One here twice. I really like his stuff. I think maybe three times, maybe. I really like his stuff, too. Um, I, I show love to all those guys in San Diego, from Night Owl to Royalty. And, you know, let, let, let me say this. And um, a lot of people think that when I interview people, it's because I, I knew them previously. Many of them are like 96%, 97%. It's the first time I met them, the day of the interview. Mm -hmm. You know, so when I say, like, I've known Royal royalty since i think we've known each other by phone since the 90s but we just met for the first time the day of the interview okay. and we had almost a six-hour interview yeah it was weird i mean that was but because he got me drunk i know royal you're watching <laughs> but um so much love to much respect to san diego you know i got love for those guys but back to shadow i really like his stuff he had a very humbling story when he said how he got started mm -hmm. so those two albums that you did with shadow uh, that he was featured on how did those do they did real good. They did real good. You know, I had I had a good response to those albums. Uh, you know, I had I had made hard copies, pressed them up, started doing my thing with those, and you know, I was le still learning at that time the whole digital movement. Yeah. And still learning the you know the things about that, but uh, you know, I was real happy with those albums. And at that time, like I said, me and Shadow had gotten pretty tight at that time. And uh, Little One too. You know, Little One. Uh, he's been my boy for a long time. He Little One actually jumped on one of my albums when I was with Hellified. Back okay. in the day, he had dropped a song with me for my album with Halify, but I never had used it. And so when I got out, I ended up using it on one of the albums down the line. But that's how far me and Little One go back. And he's another one, too, that I, after I left Pimp Rollin', I started messing with Little One. And uh, Little One actually signed me to Sickle Records for a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Now, did you ever try to get on a major label at all? Honestly, at that time, I didn't really know too much about the business side of the game. So I was basically just going with the flow with whoever was paying me and, you okay. know, doing that type of stuff. But uh, I made sure that, you know, the people that I was messing with at that time, you know, they were taking care of me. So there was never no complaints. Okay. You know? yeah. now, now, do you feel in your career right now that the best is yet to come? Or do you feel you're like... Uh, Tone, I think I'm at a standstill. I'm looking for that new sound, or do you? Do you got something dope cooking for, for the, the fans, man? You know, I'm always, I'm always in the studio. Like I said, I'm always working, uh, doing stuff. You know, so I wouldn't say I'm at a standstill. You know, sometimes I get that writer's block where you know I just don't feel like recording, and I, I do the family thing for a while and stuff like that. But uh, you know, I'm just taking it day by day, man, and, and see what's to come. You know, I am getting older, so sometimes I get that, you know, I don't really feel like working on it or whatever, but then I get that urge to do music still because I love doing it so much, or I'll think of rhymes in my head, and I'll start writing, and then there I go writing another song. So, you know, I, I, I really don't know what's to come or, you know, where I'm going to take it, but I'm just going with the flow. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
Now, d during this time that you're recording all of these records, who, who are some of the producers that possibly come to mind that you used? Well, always for a while now, I'd say for over a decade, I've been messing with my boy Big Ray from Westlife Music. He's, he's always been one of my producers right there, always working with him. Uh, I work a lot with Chris Gunn from mm -hmm. Orange County. He's the one who produced Night Owl's Daddy, I'm in Love with a Thug. Okay. Okay, so uh, CG, shout out to CG. You know, I've been, he's the one also who produced the. Uh, hold on, the, hold on, hold on. <laughs> that one right there. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yes, uh, so, you know, CG. Um, he's also the one who produced the video I got with Glasses Malone and MC8. That's a fucking dope-ass fucking song, bro. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he produced that one. And, uh, you know, during the time I was uh, going to Studio One and messing with Shadow a lot back then, Osai Blaze from Oceanside, he was producing a lot of the beats back then for me, too. So, I mean, there's, I've messed with a lot of producers, you know. I've even done some, done some work with Fingers back in the day. Uh, you know, different producers. You, know. you ever try to hit up, I know they're expensive, but I'll just throw some names out there like, uh, maybe, tell me if you heard of them. Obviously, Battle Cat, mm -hmm. uh, DJ Quick, maybe a Fred Wreck, maybe a, I don't know, a Daz. You ever try to hit up those guys for beats and what was the response if you did? You know, I've talked to them a lot. I never really asked them for beats, uh, you know, and I've been in the studio with DJ Quick. I've been in the studio with most, most of the, the rappers that, that produced. But uh, no, I never really talked to them about their beats. Uh, I just, you know, never got, got, got a chance to. Right, uh, right. I still remember the day you called me and uh, you gave uh, Sugar Free the phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because the next day we talked and he goes, uh, give me some dates, give me some dates. Gave him the date. I had a Sugar Free booked, okay? Mm -hmm. And then I guess we had to close back down this whole Corona thing again. Mm -hmm. And that's when he said, can't do it, can't do it. Believe me, I've had a lot of artists that have canceled. And many times when I fill out my calendar, uh, you get people, oh man, why you got that guy? Why? They don't realize that when you're booking people, you have to shuffle people around when people cancel. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it kind of sucks because you know what? I, you know, I could have had guys like Dub C and Sugar Free and mm -hmm. AMG and those guys here, but due to this pandemic, a lot of people don't want to come out. Yeah, well, Sugar Free is, is one of those people who's really cautious about anything from my understanding you know his son had caught coronavirus and stuff so it's made him real paranoid to be around people and uh i think that's one of the things that kind of stopped us from doing a video to the track that we did because i had planned i had talked to him about it and he said he was with it and all that and we had we recorded the song finished that and then we were supposed to drop the video but he's real sketchy about going anywhere being around people so after a while i just kind of <laughs> yeah gave up on it for now yeah so, so you do have a song then yeah you? yeah me and sugar free dropped this track yeah okay and w when does that track drop i'm actually dropping it on a new ep that i got coming soon uh no release date yet but uh okay. that'll, that'll be on there okay we'll talk about it in, at the at the end because i want to know a little bit more about that about that now you dropped a single uh, uh just recently correct or, or it was a clip that you tagged me in and i was listening to it today that's actually a video that i just i just did uh the other day with my boy big ray you know he's always the one behind the camera with me most of the time we did a new uh, video. I wouldn't say it's a song because it's more like a freestyle type rap. There's no hook or nothing. It's just straight like battle type rap. Right. We dropped it and um, we actually wrapped up the video today. I wanted to release it today or something and just get it out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, one thing, you do have dope visuals. And I told your boy already, he did a great job. Mm -hmm. uh, um, it was funny because uh, I was getting comments about that video on Facebook. And people, one thing that people... Um, would say about you is this 
and everybody was agreeing that guy got bars. That guy got bars. Okay, and it's true. And uh, people were commenting on the visuals, and then keep people commenting on the girls. <laughs> so, you know, so it's always good to have girls in there, obviously. Yeah. So, but um, so now um, back to your albums. Uh, you uh, you were gonna give me you gave me one or two albums that were you said you're your best. Mm -hmm. G give me one more. Would you say Ooh, another album? I would probably have to say uh, Graveyard Shift. I, I like that album a lot. Okay, yeah. and, and what was it you, you think about? I know the first one you said it was about the time you were going through things. Mm -hmm. The first one, what would you what would you say? What was it about those albums that stood out out of eighteen to twenty albums that you did? Okay, well the other ones I mentioned it was because it was during that time me and Shadow got tied, and I had met new producers, and I think that gave me uh, you know some confidence and you know wanting to work more. But uh, the reason for Graveyard Shift is because during that time, and this was before those times. You know, I, I started working with a lot more artists. You know, on that album, I, I got Frost. You know, I had went to Hennessy Lounge over there with Geeky and uh, Tony G over there. And uh, Frost met me over there. And I ended up dropping a tr track with Frost. So I was happy about that at the time. Uh, I got Baby Bash on that album. Oh. Yeah, I had met up with Bash when he was here in Cali. And uh, we dropped a song together. So I was happy about that one. And Marty Obey was on the hook on that one. And, you know, so in that album at that time, you know, I was messing with a lot of new artists getting more and more into the game. So that, that's one of the reasons why I like that album. Okay, that's dope. Um, now, you, you mentioned a lot of heavyweights, you know, Frost, you know, Baby Bash, uh, um, uh, Mr. Shadow, Little One, you know, all dope artists. And and um, the reason why I wanted you, obviously you can, but you said um, I wanted you to name all those albums in case people out there may still want to get those yeah. albums but i guess what did they do just youtube it or something i mean if you really want to know all of them you can go on itunes and just type in young Trav and majority of them will pop up you okay know? yeah okay now let's talk about your name before we go to commercial young Trav. has that always been your street name rap name or well how, how did that come about well growing up my neighborhood name was travieso yes you know so when i got time to get ready to drop excuse me when i got ready to drop an album uh there was already a travieso out okay you know uh, he used to rap from the ie he was from san Bernardino, so i didn't want to get the two confused right so uh seven was like why don't we change it up why don't we call you trav you know and it's kind of crazy how it happened because when i ended up getting locked up and they released it it came out as trava and i don't know how that came about you know oh. i don't know if seven and them came up with it or what but we had if you listen to that actual album even on the album in the lyrics i'm saying trav so I don't know why they released it like that. Wow. It's, you know, instead of uh, just Trav, they, they pronounced it Trava with a T-R-A-V-A. -A. So that's how my first album was titled, even though that wasn't my name. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, um, well, you know what? Um, had 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 you ever wanted a rap name before that? I like. Have you ever, like, gave yourself, like, I'm going to call myself this, I'm going to call myself that? Or did you just stick with just Trav? Like I just stick, stuck with Trav, you know what I mean? I, I Like I said, I wanted Travieso at the time because I was the hood name. But, you know, Seven was like, let's just call you Trav, you know, or Young Trav or, you know, however they wanted to put it. And I was like, yeah, Young Trav's cool. I was young at the time. I was in my early 20s. So we ended up just going with Young Trav. That'll work. That'll work. Yeah. Well, we're going to go ahead and press pause right there. When we come back, I know you wanted to share something about <laughs> meeting and working with Slowpain. Okay. You know, so, and we're going to be honoring him soon. So it would be justice. It would be awesome if you shared with that and share some of your memories with, you know, the fans of uh, your memories with him. Okay. You know, so. 
Okay, everybody. Uh, once again, uh, let me remind you that we will be honoring Slow Pain once again here. So if you have any pictures with him, if you're a family member uh, and you have pictures with him or of him up on stage in the studio, whatever the case may be, or if you're just a fan and you took pictures of him, email it to us at rodeoradio@gmail.com, and we will try to uh, uh, we're gonna try to make a slide. Well, we will make a slideshow of it and play it when we play his music the day or the night that we um, honor him here at Rodeo and Radio. So, without uh, um, once again, without further ado, please once again uh, take. We're gonna take a ten minute break. We're gonna come back. So make sure you call somebody, text somebody, slap the shit out of somebody, let them know that Young Throbs in the motherfucking building, and we'll be back. Make sure you subscribe to Freaky Tales. Don't fuck around. Come back. 10 minutes. All right, everybody. We're back now at the Golden Shower Hour. Once again, when Rodin Radio's popping, the panties are dropping. I'm sure your girl's most right about now. Anyways, uh, I just started drinking uh, Mini Michelada by Blasto. Blasto, I don't know why, but I opened this bottle and started shooting everywhere like a champagne bottle. I don't know what you gave me, but uh, I'm going to sip on it anyways. So, uh, once again, pick up the High C album. Pick up the mixtapes, 88 Booming Bass, 86 in the Mix. Pick them all up at DocuMixery.com. Order your shirts. The shirt that I'm sporting right now is uh, one of the ones throwback pictures of all of us uh, when we first started this. So, um, anyways, let's jump butt naked right back into it with Young Trav. How are you? All right, let's do this, man. How you enjoying your drinky drink? <laughs> I like it, man. It's one of my favorite drinks. You know, I'm uh, I'm usually a beer drinker, uh -huh. but I haven't had a beer in going on two months. So uh, just lately, I've just been sipping on the champagne. Really? Um, now, why? Was it health reasons or? Originally for health reasons. Uh, you know, I just had to slow down. And uh, it's just a champagne, man. It's, something, it's a little different feeling, you know. Uh, I like sipping on the champagne rather than just drinking beer after beer. Mm -hmm. So it's so something different for me. Now, I'm not a champagne guy and I'm not a wine guy. Um what kind of champagne is that for people that may be wondering what you're drinking? Uh, this is Ace of Spades. Okay. Ace okay. of Spades. Uh, I believe, uh, who was it that came out? Jay-Z came out with it or something like that? Okay, yeah. so you can't buy it like at, um, you know, Numero Uno or Nortricas or... No, uh, <laughs> no. You uh, most of the time just at uh, Bevmo or, you okay. know, one of the places that sell different, you know, alcohols. Yeah. Okay. I'm just a beer guy. I'm not really like a fancy type of drinker every once in a while like i'll go to a uh, scam and jam with my boy mc pancho must love and he'll buy me a drink called adios mm -hmm. that blue fucking drink gives you the blue fucking tongue that motherfucker fuck me up one day bro <laughs> i swear to you i he i must have drank maybe like six of them like within a span of two hours and i was driving praying bumping music with the windows down i literally had to stop twice just to pour water over my fucking head bro <laughs> The next morning, my head was pounding. I forgot where I parked my car. Mm -hmm. So that's when I said, okay, I got to slow down. Because adios means, you know, adios, bye. That shit almost happened to me. So anyways, um, I've been announcing that we're going to be uh, honoring slow pain. Um, you know, when one of ours dies, I believe that we should honor them and remember them so that their name will never die and continue to live on. Whether people supported him, liked him or, or not, it doesn't matter. Is it we, we show them love and you know what? I like to give people the flowers while they're still alive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have talked, um, and I'm going to share this one a little bit more in depth when uh, we honor him. But we have talked and I have, he was already scheduled to be here, mm -hmm. but he never made it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, you have shared with me that you had to work with them. 
If we could rewind a little bit, can you um, share with us how you first met him? I met him through uh, the homies over there at Pimperola Records. You know, uh, Slow Pain has been working with them for many years since, you know, Little Blackie came out with his first album when he was like 16 years old. You know, so uh, that's how uh, they're the ones who introduced me to Slow. And I even uh, got on a couple tracks with Slow back in the days when, you know, Pimperola was putting out a, a lot of compilations and stuff. So I didn't actually have a track with Slow for my album, but I was on songs with him on their compilations. Okay, okay, so it was never really your solo project, it yeah. was more the compilation yeah. stuff. And about how many songs would you say that you did with him? I wanna say three. Okay. Mm -hmm. Would you happen to remember the titles of the songs in case people wanna, you know, uh, Spotify them or Google them or, you know? You know, what's crazy is that uh, the two songs that I did with Slow on the Pimperola Records compilations, I don't remember the names of them, but uh, I believe they're on the the compilations called It's a Hustler's World and It's a Hustler's World Volume 2. So you could probably, you know, catch those ones on there. The song that I did with him, I actually went to a studio uh, somewhere in L.A. I don't even remember what city. It was so many years ago. And we had did a track for my album. And uh, I mean, we're talking many, many years ago. Yeah. And uh, that song that I had on a computer crashed on me and I lost that song. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, and I never got it back. So, wow. you know, yeah, and I wish I had that song now, you know. Uh, so, you know, that song would have been, I, I don't think I never even recorded on it. What I did is I went to the to a studio, he dropped a verse for me, I took it back with intentions to finish it, and uh, my computer ended up crashing and it was in that hard drive and that was the only copy I had of it. Wow. Yeah. Now, me being a producer, I have to ask, was there ever possibly a rough uh, mix on it that you might have put on a cassette or a CD aside? You know, I thought about that and I think I did, but I never found it. I was the type of dude that I had thousands of CDs everywhere and especially burned ones at the time, you know, and uh, I just I could never find it. Wow. I could never wow. find it. And I ended up losing that track. Well, let's hope that maybe one day, one day you're, you're just skipping through CDs yeah. <laughs> and you come across it. Mm -hmm. So uh, um, wh where were you when you found out about his passing? You know, I found, I actually seen it on Instagram. You know, somebody had posted up that he had passed away. I believe it was Kiki from the Hennessy Lounge or somebody had posted it and I seen it. And the crazy thing is I had just talked to him like two and a half weeks ago prior to his, his passing. So, uh, you know, he, uh, people had seen Slow had posted a video that he was back in the studio doing it again. I seen it and, uh, you know, right away I hit him up and I said, hey, Slow, what's up, man? You know, you're back. I see, you know, I'm happy for you, you know, because we talked every now and then. But, uh, you know, I was real happy to see him back in the studio. And because over the years, every time we talk, I always told him, Slow, you need to get back in the studio, man. I need yeah. you on a track. And he always told me, I'm not rapping right now, man. I'm doing the baseball thing or, you know, the coach thing or whatever, you know, he had going on. Yeah. But um, this time, you know, I seen him in the studio and I talked to him and I just, you know, messaged him. And I put, man, we need to get back in there. And he was like, yeah, man, I'm with it. I'm back now. I'm. Uh, it's so good to be back in the studio with my kids in here. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a blessing. And. I mean, who would have known two and a half weeks after I just stopped talking to him, he's going to pass away, you know, and it, 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 it was real sad, you know what I'm saying? Because Slow was a good guy, man. He he always had, you know, good respect when he talked to me and he was just always a person that listened. And right. even through our conversation we had right before his passing, 
it wasn't just about music. We went back and forth about our health issues and, you know, some of the things were we had the same things going on. And he was just talking to me about, you know, what he's been through and what he's beaten. And, you know, he was just he was real happy, you know, to be in yeah. the studio. He seemed real happy. And and then we ended it with, all right, but no, I'll see you soon, bro. Let's get in the studio. Let's drop a track together. And he was all with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was real, really, really, really sad, bro. And I, I will say this, and um, that day that I found out, it really fucked me up, bro. Because, like what you said, um, two weeks prior, uh, before his passing, um, two weeks prior, we were on the phone together. A week before, we were texting. I still have our, our texts and our DMs. Mm -hmm. And um, that night, like it really, really fucked me up. Like. Um, it was really hard, man. You know, it's kind of like, you know how a lot of people when uh, Kobe passed away, mm -hmm. it fucked a lot of people up, yeah. pretty much around the world. Yeah. Okay. But it was slow because being in the studio with him in the 90s, seeing him from time to time, we talked on the phone, like you said, he always had respect for you, always had respect for me. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just hard because, you know, he's a young dude, man. Yeah. Young dude. And one thing that I do like to preach is good health. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we do, as we get older, you know, you would have mentioned you slow down on the beer, you move on to this. Believe me, I try to drink, stop drinking these right here, but it's kind of hard when you're having a good time. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but I try to stick to the healthy eating, um, the, the healthy lifestyle. Water, you know, has to be your best friend. And I always tell my boy Johnny that he goes, it's funny, I never see you drink water. Well, you're not with me 24 seven. Mm -hmm. But, um, uh, Believe me, I, I even throw aminos in the water just so it can change the flavor. But you drink enough water, that's like natural energy. Somebody asked me, and the reason why I'm sharing this, somebody asked me, why don't you share some of your tips, you know, on what do you do to stay healthy? I work out five days a week. I try to eat good as much as I can. When I say try, at least 60 to 70. I used to be a 90, mm -hmm. you know, and I just have one cheat day. Now it's like cheat day, like two days out of the week, you know, or whatnot. But um, as we get older, we need physically uh, and health-wise to be getting better. <laughs> yeah, you know. No, I feel you. As you get older, man, it's completely different, you know. And I try to do the healthy, uh, the eating healthy thing, and I just can't. You know, it's really hard for me because I'm so used to eating out right. and eating good and. Growing up with my grandmother, you know, who was constantly making good Mexican food all the time and everything. And, you know, now the wifey at home constantly making good meals. And it's it's really hard to eat healthy, but I'm on the same tip. Yeah, you, you know, and even though I'm sure we both love Mexican food, I hope nobody gets mad at me because today, you know, we live in a generation that doesn't, get, doesn't give a fuck, but is easily offended at everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, a lot of Mexican food is bad for us, man. Yeah. You know, like we love pork. You know, uh, chile verde, whether it's in a burrito or just in a plate, mm -hmm. con arroz y frijoles, un burrito de carne asada, you know, steak, meat, takes longer to, for it to digest through our bodies. Mm -hmm. That's why I try to stick to fish, chicken, brown rice, and uh, uh, steamed vegetables or whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, I love sushi. I love eating I sushi. I love sushi too. You know, <laughs> so maybe one day we ought to get together and have yeah. some sushi, bro. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so anyways, man. Oh, and sake. I got to have sake. Oh, I love sake too. Yeah. yeah. You know, but that's the only time that I could drink it with sushi. I, I just can't buy hot sake and drink it at home. Oh, yeah. No, me neither. Yeah, yeah. it's either eating uh, eating some type of uh, seafood or, or, or Japanese food or something. Yeah, but yeah, me and, me and my wife are always at the sushi spot, man. I, I just, I love sushi. That's one thing I could eat all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. So now uh, for the public that wants to know, 
what are you dropping? What are you working on? Is that an album? Is that an EP? Uh, any um, any uh, features? Of, sh shed a little bit of light on what can people expect from Young Throb. Uh, I got an album that should be dropping uh, within the next couple weeks. Uh, it's titled California Legend. And uh, I'm very happy with that album, too. I got, got some really good features on that album. I actually got a single with Snoop Dogg on that album that I got coming. Uh, I even got a track with E-40 on that album. Uh, there's a few other ones. I got Yuck Mouth on there uh, from the Loonies. Uh, you know, there, there, there's a few more two good ones on there, you know, hard to remember at the moment. A Glasses Malone, MC8, uh, I, I'm King Crooked, Crooked Eye, I think he's on that. You know, it has, it has quite a bit, a bit of features on that album, you know. And if I'm correct, one by Sugar Free? The one with Sugar Free is on my EP I'm working on right now. Okay. Uh, it's almost finished, uh, but like I said, I got the California Legend album dropping. So that one I, I might put out maybe towards like Christmas time around there. Okay, so uh, just to get it straight, EP and then an album. Album, then EP. Album and then EP. Mm -hmm. So the EP for sure, possibly next 2021. Maybe December, January. Also, oh, Bolt, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna drop. Oh Bolt wow. Too. Yeah. Oh wow. So that's yeah. That's almost like an album and a half. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, um, say I ask you, which one do you like better, the EP or the album? Would, <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one because I like I, I like the EP and you know working with Sugar Free was was you know interesting. You know, right. I've always been a fan of his music, so you know I like the song that's uh, on there. Produced by Fat Beats from Pomona. Shout out to Fat Beats. Uh, you know, but if I had to pick between the two, you know, uh, the album I like a little more because it's more songs and, you know, more rappers, more, you know, it's a pretty dope album. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, might be an odd question. Have you ever done any songs, in case the fans don't know, any uh, songs with any females? Females? Uh, you know what? Females that maybe were coming up in the game but didn't really make it, you know, just, you know, little homegirls that, you know, used to drop bars and stuff. But as far as female mainstream rappers, uh, not really. But uh, I was trying to get a song recently with uh, Lady of Rage. Okay. And I've always been a Rage fan. And, uh, you know, I like her music. So maybe you might see that soon. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Now, let me say this. I got, oh, I don't want to say I got. Let me rephrase that. I know three different females they i don't even think they even know each other i think my opinion they're about a, a year away from really like blooming mm -hmm. i think right now they're in, still in that green stage like you, you hear the talent you hear the voice it's all there but you need to sharpen that up still you yeah. know um what i'm gonna do is um i think when when they're there I'm going to holler at you and I'm going to tell you, listen to them. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could do a song with them yeah. because I, they're very young girls. And um, I like to shine light on females. I came from an era in the 90s where a lot of females got the bad end of the stick. Uh, dudes would say, you know, I'm going to record you. Ended up doing other things with them. Nothing ever came out. And I saw a lot of, um, if you will, uh, careers go down the toilet because hooking up with the wrong people. You know, and, and you already know how this business is. This business, this music business is cutthroat, man. Yeah. You know, it's cutthroat. And sad to say, sometimes it's just no different than the regular dope game. Yeah. You know, people stealing artists, people stealing beats, people biting bars. Mm -hmm. You know, back in the day, we used to say, uh, he nibbled on my scribble. He, like, he bit my lyrics. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. But um, 
but I don't even know if people even know what bit means today. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes I gotta be, I gotta be careful when I talk to a younger generation because when I say you sound like a broken record, many mm -hmm. of them don't know what that is. Yeah. So what do we say today? You sound like a glitched uh, MP3 or something like. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, okay. So now, uh, you got the EP, the uh, California Legend. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the name of the album. That one. And the EP is named. The EP is titled uh, "The Fight for Survival." The Fight for Survival. Okay. Now. Um, do you plan to do obviously the answer is yes visuals for many of those songs or yeah well the the album California Legend already has a few videos it has the the song I did with MC8 and Glasses uh, there's also a song on there with Yuck Mouth who, that also has a video to it too okay. so that that album already has two videos to it okay so you drop in the single single and then the album yes that's good that's good because today I meet a lot of rappers that um, they just drop in singles, 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 singles. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the way people do it a lot nowadays because uh, especially money-wise, you know what I mean? It, yeah. It's a lot better, I think, from my experiences. But, uh, you know, the videos even that I did for this album with the one with Eight Glasses and the one with Yuck Mouth, those videos were done late last year. And the album was supposed to drop a lot earlier this year, but due to the corona stuff and things being, you know, lagged on, so, you know, it's barely coming out now. Okay, you know what, let me grab my plug real quick. My phone is dying, but I had to ask you something. Due to this uh, pandemic thing, what is one thing that you miss doing that you can't do now due to this whole pandemic? The restaurants, you yeah. know, like I said, I'm a big foodie. So I love to sit down and have a good dinner with my wife, you yeah. know, and the whole coronavirus has made everything so difficult, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there's no telling when when it's going to be over. You know what I'm saying? I don't see it ending anytime soon. You know, a lot of people think, oh, 2020 is going to end and it's going to be different in 2021. But honestly, I don't see it changing for a while. Yeah, you know? because this is the first time that something like this is happening globally. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I have a friend. Sad to say, he went to uh, Peru to go see this girl, and I told him, "Are you sure you want to go?" Right before they locked everything down. Oh, no, I'll be back. I'll be back. He left on Friday. He said he'll be back on Monday. He's still there. Mm. Months. Yeah. Months. So he's still there. He can't come back. So, oh, well, what do you do? Um, so you said eating. Now, did you have any uh, type of tours, shows, or anything lined up to promote this uh, album or what you had to drop in? At the time, I didn't because I was trying to finish the albums and actually when it was released, promote it then. So I didn't have any shows or anything like that. I, ha I haven't even done shows in a few years. I just kind of, you know, because I was such in and out of music and stopping for a while and going back. But uh, when I had dropped this album, I was trying to get more back involved with shows out of state. Okay. You know, I even had some, talked to some people. I might have had some things lined up, but, you know, due to everything, just messed everything up. Right. Um, yeah. Now, I, I know you said you were in and out of music. What do you think it was? Was it just a family life, or was it just things tired of tired of the business, or you know what? What do you think it was that kept you going back and forth, or that kept you taking breaks? You know, mostly uh, the family thing. You know, uh, I have I have two daughters who I have custody of, so you know, I know I'm a full time daddy all the time too. You know, I have a ten and a twelve year old daughter, daughters. So a lot of the times it was family, and then you know. I got I got married recently, you know, so, you know, me and I'm always with her doing things and, you know, but it, the things that made it easy to go back and forth is with I have my own studio too, 
So not only do I rap, I, I record my stuff, I engineer, I do all that stuff too. So it made it easy just to drop a lot of music whenever I wanted to. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, you're producing now as well, or not? Not not beats. Just just mostly like uh, when, whenever I get beats, you know, from from my producers, uh, I'll record myself, and you know, I'm good enough to engineer myself. I'm not saying I'm the best, you know, right, right. engineer, but I do know how to engineer enough to make myself sound good and put out stuff. Yeah. That's dope, man. You know, and I'm glad you said that because I always encourage a lot of this younger generation to uh, learn. Don't depend on someone. If you can learn how to engineer or at least how to record yourself, mm -hmm. do that. You'll go a lot farther where you don't have to wait on somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, because with me, I, I just had a drum machine with a floppy disk. I had to wait. You know, I had to buy a two inch reel. I had to get studio time, get an engineer, get a musician, and then wait for the rapper to come and then pay for the you know the, the guy to play and yeah. it was just a lot mm -hmm. so when i tried to learn how to engineer then it started taking away from my talent on producing and then producing started taking away from my dj skills yeah so it was too much and i was like you know what let me just stay in my lane let me just do what i do best um so now now let me ask you uh something that i i don't see too much today amongst rappers um when you do shows or when you have done shows lately how long would you say your shows are? I would say uh, about 10 minutes or so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, you ever have a DJ back there? Not a set DJ. No, I've never had. I've always just took show tapes with me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, now uh, other than because possibly those shows are possibly not long enough, mm -hmm. um, because back then when me and Heisey used to uh, perform, it was always 20, 25 minutes. Mm. Okay, so we had time to set up turntables. We had time to get sound check and all of that. Mm. So I could understand we had, and I had time to do my DJ set. I know today I've seen where promoters give guys five minutes. Yeah, yeah. You know, and to me that, I'll be honest, that's kind of insane because I've never heard of that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why they couldn't afford to put 50 guys on one show. And like, well, no wonder they're five minutes, guys. Yeah, and they're making money off of everybody on the, you know, yes. tip and take, so that's probably why. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Um, now, you mentioned earlier some of your favorite albums. Mm -hmm. You mentioned uh, from the East Coast, West Coast. Who are some of your favorite performers if you could think of some that you might have seen perform? Doesn't matter what type of genre of music. And then I'll give you some of mine. As far as performers, uh, I mean, I've never been to one live, but I mean, I've watched all of Pac's old, you know, concerts and okay. everybody, and I just always, I've always been a huge Pac fan, you know, so I've always watched his his, his performances and all that. Uh, Snoop, another one, you know, I just love wa watching him perform with when he used to be back in the Death Row days with, you know, the whole Death Row movement. Right. Um, and as far as other performers, man, uh, uh, that's mainly who I just watch perform most of the time. Okay, I'll give you four. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that I was a part of one of them. Mm -hmm. I saw KRS-One perform one day. And he wasn't even supposed to be up there. Mm -hmm. This was at the Palace in Hollywood. I want to say Hollywood and Vine. And this was the 80s. And the, he was just in the building. De La Soul was performing. I got to see De La Soul perform. Uh, plug tuning, me, myself, and I, the first album. And um, they called up KRS-One. They had a guy beatboxing and I'll tell you what, he did like about four or five songs and he turned out that whole show. He wasn't even supposed to perform, mm. but it was just electric, him just a cappella, a guy beatboxing and the crowd singing back his lyrics. It, it was just fucking amazing. 
second group that I've seen that just, I mean, I can still see them perform. NWA mm -hmm. here in Anaheim, the Anaheim Celebrity Theater. Mm -hmm. What made it so unique, they had a, literally had to run through the people, through the crowd, to get to the stage, and the stage would turn around. Okay. And let me tell you something, every seat in that motherfucker was a good seat. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about, you know, dudes throwing up the crib sign, the Compton in the house. I got to see the electric crowd of Compton in the motherfucking house in the 80s. I want to say it was 1988. Mm -hmm. And I was backstage with them for the night I met Jerry Heller, uh, the DLC. So I was there in the thick of things looking at this concert was just fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. The second was, it was, uh, I would have to say, DJ Quick, Second to None, AMG, and High C. High C would go on first, Second to None would go on next, AMG, and then Quick. And we would tear those fucking shows up. Because our albums had just dropped in 1991, so we all toured together. Okay. And uh, I would say the fourth one, Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill's first album, incredible performance by those guys, bro. Yeah, I've always been a Cypress Hill fan also. Yeah, yeah. incredible. So now I share that to say this, and for people that may be listening, I had a guy one time that told me, um, Tony, what um, can I do? This is my first show that I'm performing. Uh, what can I do? Like, what type of advice? And I always tell him, do you get nervous? Yeah. Okay, don't look at the people. Look straight to the back. <laughs> Concentrate on your lyrics because you are going to forget them. Mm -hmm. And in case you do forget them, talk to the crowd, listen to the beat, pick up, pick it back up. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember High C one time forgot one of his lyrics. And it was right up to the hook of sitting in the park. And I said, yo, Croft, oh, what shall I, what? So he knew already, mm -hmm. you know. That's the good thing about having a DJ because he yeah. can, you know, pick or it up. Or a hype up. man either or. <laughs> so, so I encourage people, uh, when you go out there, man, give it your fucking best, man. Give them a fucking dope show. People are there to see you. People are there to see you. Like, say you do a show and maybe there's only 50 people there. And you may think, you know what? People don't give a fuck. Look, only 50 people. But imagine if all those 50 people really just came to fucking see you and supported you. Mm -hmm. You got to give them those people their money's worth. So yeah. I encourage everybody, when this thing opens up and the shows come up, give people their money's worth. You know, give people, because if anything, they'll remember your performance. Yeah. So anyways, man, I just wanted to encourage you on that, that um, give us some dope shows, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully know. soon. Now, now uh, last question. Then we'll give shout outs and we'll get out of here. Right. Now, what I really want you to think about this. Say I tell you, I'm going to give you 15 minutes. I'm a promoter. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you 15 minutes and uh, you're going to go on right before Frost. You're going to hype it up for him. Okay. Um now, you have so many albums out. Uh, what five songs can I expect from you? I would probably have to say, uh, well, with features or just solo or it doesn't it, matter? It, it doesn't matter. Well, a lot of the new songs I've been doing, I would say the song I did with MCA and Glasses Malone. Definitely. Uh, that track. Uh, Maybe one of the songs that was a little different that I did with Bash. I got a couple of songs with Bash, but one of the old ones I did with Bash because on that one, it's more of a radio type, you know, not so much on the gangster shit and West Coast shit. It was more radio for like the ladies. Yeah. You know, so I'll probably pick that one. Uh, 
I would say I like the track that uh, I got on the California Legend album coming out with uh, Yuck Mouth. Okay. Yuck Mouth from the Loonies. I like that song a lot. As far as uh, a couple solo tracks, uh, you can look back in the days. Maybe I got a solo track called uh, Riverside Made Me. You know, and it was more of a solo song, just maybe me representing my city and, you know, right. talking about that. And uh, if I had to pick the last one, probably one of the songs I either have with Shadow or Little One because I made a lot of dope songs with both of them. So, dope, dope. yeah, one of those. I, I always tell people, make sure your last song is the song that you believe that people came to hear hear you for you yeah. know what i'm saying mm -hmm. you know like of course high c's last song is always going to be i'm not your puppet yeah. you know we're not going to do that one first yeah but there's got to be that one song so i always tell people if you don't have it yet make one mm -hmm. so when you do perform people will say that's the song th that i came to hear you yeah you know? yeah so anyways man other than that anything that i didn't ask you that maybe you want to share you want to promote anything you want to talk about well, it just, uh, you know, I just remember too, besides the two albums I got coming out, I also got a group album coming out with my brother, Seldom Seen. Okay. Titled Disrespectful. So that should be dropping soon too. Shout out to my bro, Seldom Seen. And, uh, you know, I'm very excited about that album. We got a lot of dope features on there too. Uh, we did a song with Yuck, uh, Young Buck from G-Unit on there. Okay. So, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of dope music, man. And Seldom's also coming out with his solo album soon. Uh, titled Mixed Emotions. I'm putting that out for him too. So uh, that album is really, really dope. Really dope, dope. dope. Uh, at this point, any shout outs you want to give? You want to give your boy, the video guy, a shout out, man? Oh, always shout out to my boy, Big Ray. Oh, man, he's uh, been my producer and my video guy for years, man. We've been rocking 10 years strong, man. He's like a brother to me. So shout out to Big Ray. Uh, you know, shout out to uh, the homie, The Chill from Compton's Most Wanted. You know, he's been rocking with us a lot lately. And uh, another shout out to my bro Saldo, man. You know, he's been going through a lot of hard times right now with his family and stuff. He was supposed to come with me tonight, but due to some family issues, he couldn't make it. But uh, shout out to him, man. Hope everything gets better for him. And, uh, you know, just shout out to everybody that listens to my music, man. I appreciate it. I've been getting a lot of love lately. And even when you announced that I was coming on the show, a lot of people were messaging me, telling me they're excited and they were going to rock with it and watch it. So, you know, shout out to everybody that follows me and listens to everything, you know, and, uh, if you want to know anything I'm doing, you can always follow me on Instagram. It's uh, youngtrav underscore 951. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, we, we've been putting it up. Uh, and on the description, once it goes up on YouTube, people can also see it and go straight, take you straight through there. Um, seldom, a lot of people have been requesting him as well. So maybe you can connect me with him. Yeah, that's why I actually wanted to bring him, man, because I wanted to introduce you guys. And, you know, and he knew who you were and he was real excited to meet you. And uh, he was really looking forward to being here tonight, man. But just like I said, due to family problems, he couldn't make it. But uh, I definitely want to connect you guys. Dope, yeah. dope. Uh, at this point, I just want to tell you, thank you for giving me the honor and the privilege to uh, to sit down with me and chop it up with me and uh, allow me to interview you, man. Oh, no, thank you for yeah, having me. Appreciate know, it. So uh, um, much love, much respect, brother. Yeah. Uh, other than that, let me go ahead and give my shout outs. And uh, once again, I want to give a shout out to my boy, John motherfucking Elkis, for making this thing happen, for making it pop. You know what I'm saying? Pop. So if there's any single Latinas out there that are uh, looking for a nice looking white guy, um, he looks like the guy from American History X. Uh, get at him at John motherfucking Elkins on Instagram. Okay. Um, John motherfucking Elkins is the man, okay? I'm telling you. I'm warning you. You've been warned. So the first Latina that hits him up gets a free rhodium. I'm only playing. Uh, <laughs> other than that, let me give a, go ahead and give a shout-out to my boy DG, DG Media Clips. Let me give a shout-out to um, 
Uh, Roger, you're stuck in Peru, homie. Hopefully you'll be back. Uh, and I know your uh, baby will be born soon. So you know what? Uh, my my prayers to you and your girl. My son, be scandalous uh, for helping me promote this. Uh, let me give a shout out to Boomer. It was his birthday the other day. So Boomer, if you're watching, uh, thank you. Uh, let me give a shout out to my drone guy, Kerry Fujita. As a matter of fact, we're going to continue filming uh, the Chicano rap documentary, just the B-roll footage so far still. We're still filming. I told you from time to time, I will give you guys updates. So Saturday, we'll be out there. We'll be filming all through LA, just B-roll footage. Um, I'm not going to say where we're going to be filming because I know there's people out there like, let's go out there and let's film what they're filming. Believe me, it happened with the Rhodium Mixtape Documentary, and I'll, I'll be sharing that soon. So uh, one last thing, please allow me, let me remind you, please, okay? If you have any pictures of slow pain that you have with him, uh, him up on stage, uh, in the studio, email it to us at rhodiumradio at gmail.com, okay? Because we're going to be honoring him. Let's show him and his family some love. Uh, um, once again, they, they laid him to rest today. So much love, much respect to him and our prayers and our condolences to his family, to his children. So uh, once again, it's, it's, it's sad that, uh, you know, we lost a brother, but uh, we're going to honor him here. I wrote him radio and may his name live on. So uh, once again, Sunday, uh, we'll see you guys Sunday and Friday. Don't forget Freaky Tales on Friday. Subscribe to Freaky Tales podcast on YouTube, subscribe. Help me get 10K on there, honestly. I, it doesn't cost nothing to hit subscribe and hit the notification bell button for future content. And follow us on Instagram, Ricky Tales Podcast. So other than that, we're out of here. See you Friday and Sunday. Young Trav, thank you. It was a pleasure, brother. Thank you. Okay. Uh, um, we're out of here. Buenas noches. Uh, buenas noches. And um, God bless, we're out of here. <laughs>